Women Taking the Lead, episode 137. We can't change other people. We can only change ourselves. So as long as we're happy with ourselves and doing more and celebrating more of what we want, our lives will be exponentially happier. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentl.com forward slash recognize to reserve your spot in our upcoming webinar on how to be recognized and rewarded for the work you do. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Nicole Hoagland, who is a marketing and small business coach. Her experience in marketing started out in 2008 and has evolved as the industry has changed over those years. She loves all things that deal with your brand and getting your message out into the world through online marketing. She believes that attracting the right customers to your website through strategic, intentional content marketing is how you can achieve your own version of success. In her free time, she loves yoga, wine, her dog, and her husband. Probably not all in that order, but probably mixes it up every now and again. (laughs) Nicole, that's just a little intro for everyone. So tell us more about you and your own humble beginnings. Hi, everyone. Well, you actually are right. Um, I always put my husband last in that kind of last sentence because he gets super annoyed. Um, So every time he (laughs) listens to something and he hears that he's after the dog, he just looks at me like, really? Um, (laughs) But I am a marketing and small business coach, and I have come from a place where I was in the industry since 2008, like you stated. Um, And I worked for a lot of different organizations from franchisors to um, Fortune 500 companies to different agencies to even a background checking company. And what I found is that every time I worked for an organization and did the work for them, I was always kind of undervaluing what I brought to the table. Um, And the people there, too, kind of undervalued it because at the time I was young, I was right out of college, and I was kind of very ready to go. But there was always something that was keeping me back from it. And I didn't really realize that it was my own self-doubt and my own kind of not knowing what my self-worth was that was always – I would always do a good job, but there was always something inside of me that was like, oh, but I I could do more. I just didn't know what it was. Um, And it's one of those things. I grew up in Long Island, New York um, from a family who we really never wanted for anything. I'm a twin. I have a younger sister and a younger brother. um, And my parents instilled in us that we had to work for what we wanted. And I started out 14 years old working at a bagel store. Um, I did odd jobs like Dunkin' Donuts and worked for a couple of retail companies Um, And since the age of 15, I really was working for someone else. And I learned the values of hard work, you know, learning your your skills and experience and also respecting the people above you. Um, But one of the things that I also did learn is sometimes the people above you don't respect you back. And that's where your self-doubt and undervaluing yourself can come in. And when I started out about two years ago, figuring out what I wanted my life to look like when I was a grown up, even though I was 27 at the time, um, it wasn't what I wanted. I was still working for an organization. And at the time, I was so overstressed and so overworked to the point where I would wake up at seven o'clock each day and go to bed about nine o'clock each night. And I would have my laptop open working 24 seven almost. Um, and it was draining on me. And it was definitely trying on 
my marriage because my husband being in the military, he's not home that often. So when he is home, to be able to disconnect, it's very important. And when I had a job that didn't allow me to do that, it was definitely something where I needed to take a step back and realize what's going on. What isn't working in my life right now? Because I love my husband so much, but we're fighting all the time. And, um, it was also at a turning point in my life when I was ready to start a family. I wanted to have kids and I wanted to figure out how to make that work without working all the time. Um, so it's one of those things where I am such cheerleader for other people because I know that working for yourself or working for someone else can be successful. You just really need to understand that when those self-doubts and you're undervaluing yourself come in, that you need to sit in it and figure out, well, what's not working in my life anymore? Yeah, that's amazing, Nicole. And you really took us through several phases of your career there too. And, you know, from being, you know, young in your career, your first few jobs, that combination of, you didn't realize your value and you weren't being valued at the same time. And that just kind of just kept reinforcing itself to then realizing I provide a lot of value, but I'm overworking. Now I'm providing too much value, you know, to, to settling into the lifestyle and the business that you want. Like you really chose your current career based on the lifestyle that you wanted to live and to have done that at such a young age. It's very inspiring, you know, and I know some people will listen to it like, I wish I'd had that opportunity, but you made the opportunity happen. Like you chose it. It wasn't something you were waiting for somebody to offer to you. And so I can hear that you've gained confidence over the course of your career. And I'd like you to highlight one of your playing small moments. You talked about it in the beginning of introducing yourself, but pull one of those times out and give us the story of that playing small moment and the lessons you've learned since then that you're putting into practice today. Oh, hmm. what playing small moment do I want to pick? Because there are many. Okay. So I was working for um, an agency, so not like a corporate company or anything like that. I was actually um, an account manager for a company, and I dealt with a lot of different clients that were Fortune 500 companies. So my job was to make sure that whatever plan we were implementing in marketing for them uh, was seamless and was actually seeing the return on investment that they wanted. And I had a contact at this organization who was my go-to. He was an older man and he, there was always a clash between us. Like from the time that I started with this company um, and the time that they were my client, there was just something that he did not like about me. And he knew the buttons to push to make sure that I knew that he was in charge of that organization and that I was only, only providing them a marketing strategy. There was nothing about it. Um, and one of the things that he did that really unbelievably probably made me self-doubt myself more so than anything asked, uh, was he asked me if I was still in college. And at this point I was 27 years old. Um, and what was I studying to be? And what really made me self-doubt myself in that moment is he knew my background. You know, he I had been working with him for about two months now. He knew my background. He knew what I was able to do for the organization, but he still had to turn around and make it so that I felt like, oh man, am I really that bad at my job? Does he really not know what I do? Do I not meet their return on investments? Do I not actually do what I say? To think that he still thinks that I'm still in college. Um, and it really 
made me see that if people like this can do that to myself, how can I put up those boundaries to make it so that it's not as personal when they ask these questions? Because in all honesty, when someone is kind of stabbing at your self-doubt, it has nothing to do with your value. It has everything to do with their value to themselves. And they're feeling threatened in a way that they just don't know yet. Um, so it really made me kind of take a look and say, okay, well, I know that I provide value. I'm meeting all of my goals. I'm doing everything possible for this account. I'm actually going above and over for them. So whatever he's saying or whatever he's dealing with, it really can't hurt me, even though he still thinks I'm in college. Like, it was just one of those moments where I was like, okay, he thinks I'm still in college. He definitely doesn't think that I provide them a value, but how can I make it known to myself that I do provide the value even if he can't see it? So that's definitely one of the bigger playing small moments that stands out in my mind right now. Yeah. And you know, it's very common. And I was just talking with um, one of my guests about this, how when you're a young woman and you're starting out, it is so hard because there's this bias against you that you don't know what you're doing. Like even when you're, you know, not necessarily fresh out of college, like you're saying you were 27 and I've had the experience even in my, you know, early thirties where people looked at me and they're like, but you're so young. You know, you're so young and that's so hard to deal with. But I love how you said you, you gained insight in realizing it had more to do with him and his own insecurities than it actually had to do with the work that you were providing and the value that you were bringing. How do you keep that alive today, you know, to, to keep implementing that lesson learned? You know what? It is a lot of self-care in all honesty. Um, it's not something that comes easily, especially as I'm growing my business, it can kind of get put on the back burner. But it's one of those things where it's a mindset over your mentality. And for me, it's because my biggest um, block and my biggest limitation sometimes, and this is a complete assumption, but I look young and I sound young. Um, so when I walk into a room and people look at me like, oh, she's going to be 30? Really? Are you sure you're not like 22? Because I've had that said to me in the past couple of months. Um, it's one of those things where I every day wake up and reassure myself in, in a mantra of I am good enough, I am worthy enough, and age and um, looks don't matter to me. Because if I know that going into my day, it'll make me so much more confident than if I wake up scared and nervous and anxious. Like, oh, I hope these people are going to take me seriously. Because if I'm not taking myself seriously, no one is. Um, and it's something that I've started practicing about six months ago. Um, because I realize that if I don't do it, I actually have way crappier day um, than if I do do it. It's just one of those things that if you are feeling stuck or you're feeling like you are undervalued, find some sort of mantra or just find some sort of saying that really resonates with you to bring out that self-worth, even in times when you feel like it's being devalued by someone else. And just keep saying it over and over and over again until you feel that self-confidence come back. Because whatever you're doing in life, it's worth it. You're worth it. So that's kind of where my self-care came from because I always wanted to make sure that I know that I'm worth it in whatever I'm doing. Yeah. And I'm very appreciative that you're bringing this up. And I love how you kind of underscored that where you come from in your day is what you will get back. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you don't build up your confidence 
in the morning or at any point, because sometimes we need checkpoints throughout the day to kind of reinforce it. But if you lead conversations coming from a place of self-doubt, right, and not knowing your value, you will convey to the person that they should not have confidence in you either. Um, so leading with confidence, like trusting your value. And if you communicate people, like if that is your presence and who you're being in that moment, they will not doubt that you can do the job that you're saying that you can do. And, and I can't underscore that enough. It's all about who you're being in the moment and that projects out to people and that's what they respond to. Exactly. And what I've found, too, is that a lot of um, women, because I mainly deal with a lot of women small business owners, it's they undervalue themselves so much that they actually lose sight of who they are. Um, And as they do these type of um, affirmations and reaffirming that, no, they are worth it, what they're doing matters, um, they come to realize that there are a lot of things that they've done that just don't align with who they are anymore, and they're so grateful to be able to get rid of those bad kind of um, self-doubting habits that they've been doing, whether it's negative self-talk or self-sabotage. And it really makes them kind of fully step into who they are. And I really do believe it's because I practice that and not just preach it, that they really see the results of it because I'm not just holding their hand through it. I'm actually going through it with them. Yeah. Now, Nicole, share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake up call. It could have been a lightning bulb, you know, moment, or it could be something that you became aware of over time, but then decided to take action on it. Take us back to that moment and share with us the steps you took that led to your success. All right. So we're digging deep now. Okay. <laughs> um, it is one thing I am not scared to talk about and I'm not ashamed to talk about it, but it is definitely taboo um, just within the culture that we live in right now. Um, so I had previously stated um, in the beginning that me and my husband have started to try to, you know, grow our family. And I got pregnant last October And I was still working that stressful, you know, devaluing job. And I was still working about 12 to 14 hours a day getting everything done. And it took a toll on me. And unfortunately, um, about eight or 10 months into the miscarriage, into the pregnancy, I miscarried. Um, And it's one of those things where it is unbelievably upsetting that it happened but it is like the one thing that like lit a fire under me to really evaluate my life and really kind of take it by the reins. Because if I didn't, I was able to see in the time of healing what my life would be like both ways. If I stayed with that stressful devaluing job, I probably would never be able to start a family because my time would always be uh, driven towards that job. Or I can kind of take that leap into entrepreneurship like I had before and really create the life that I wanted to. Um, and I was able in that healing time to figure out that what I was working towards in that job wasn't what I wanted to do anymore. I wanted to be a coach. I wanted to help others achieve their own version of success. Um, and I wasn't able to do that in this job anymore. So I actually... Um, probably in more of an emotional state than a logical state, um, put my two weeks notice into that job and started on this journey of, you know, showing other women what they're able to do in their lives and their businesses, um, because that's what I wanted to do in life. Um, I'm a cheerleader at heart. I'm actually 
shockingly enough, a national collegiate cheerleading champion. Um, I went to a school called Zuni Onianta, and while I was there, we actually won the, um, I forget what it's called, but it's the Big Apple Classic um, National Cheerleading Championship. And it's just been in my blood since I was in junior high school. So once I figured out that I could be a small business coach and take everything I've learned in marketing, but apply it to how people can market their business smarter for themselves, it was that aha moment that I could be this cheerleader for someone else and still be able to provide value that I knew I had. So it, it, it's a devastating situation. Um, and it's one that I hope, you know, we can kind of figure out what goes on with that. But in all honesty, because of the miscarriage, I was able to have that time to really see where my life was going in two different paths and choose the one that I wanted to as opposed to staying on the one that I was on. You know, there's never any mistakes because you are the second guest I've had on women taking the lead in a row who talked about being miserable in a job. And it was after an event like this that they decided decided to start their business. Because in episode 136, Deidre Dieterman shared the story of how her son was born prematurely. He was born when she was six months pregnant and she had to leave the hospital without him. Mm -hmm. You know, because he was there for 77 days um, in the NICU after he was born and how that just for her instantly put all her priorities into perspective. And whereas before she was tolerating a job she was not happy in, she decided to just let it go, just like you did, like where it's you have this event, it's devastating, it's horrible, but all of a sudden you get really clear on what your priorities are. And you can easily, like you said, it could have been emotion driven rather than logic driven. But I think there was some logic in it as well that, you know, because you understood, even though you're emotional, I cannot do this job anymore. If I want to have the lifestyle that I want to have. Yeah. And you know what, it, it's one of those instances where I, I love the employees in that company. Like they were probably the sticking reason for why I stayed so long because they became my second family. But when I put it into perspective, because unfortunately, the the time the timing probably couldn't have been better, but at the same time, it couldn't have been worse because it was over Thanksgiving. So being in the ER, um, being like thousands of miles away from family members because we had chosen not to kind of travel that time, um, and really being by ourselves, it was the worst time, but it was the best time because I was really able to have that time for myself to see what was going on, to, to feel those different intuitive thoughts and, you know, the different dreams that I've been repressing because I was in that type of job where the job stunk, but the people were great. And is that something that could really keep me there? And in all honesty, when I finally was true to myself, the answer was clear no. And the answer was, well, let's figure out what I could do to make an, a better impact on the world um, and really go after my passions of wanting to see others succeed and see if there is an actual career path down there. And that's where coaching kind of fell into my lap. And it, everything from then on just kind of made sense. Um, and that's really, I mean, if you are someone who's thinking that you can't do something because you're either not happy or you just don't have clarity yet, I really encourage you to kind of sit down and take time for yourself and think through everything that's not been sitting right and seeing what your gut says, seeing where your intuition leads you and also logically thinking about maybe some ideas you've been repressing and just see what happens because you just never know. 
Amen. Thank you for saying that. It's You're so important. Home. Yes. And like, I've been in a job where I really love the people too. <laughs> but here's the thing. You can stay in touch with people <laughs> after you leave a company. You don't get to see them every day like you used to, but you can still keep in touch. And that that is tough. I know relationships, you know, are the, are the strongest bonds that we have in this world and make life worth living. But at the same time, you can't sacrifice your happiness because you enjoy hanging out with certain people. Exactly. And you know what, sometimes it also leads you to seeing that maybe the some of the relationships just weren't as strong or weren't as um, good as you thought it was. Like, it just, it's one of those things where you just have to really evaluate everything. Um, in order to get to where you want to be. And maybe it's severing ties with some of those people that you thought were really great, but then just happen as you decided to make decisions for yourself, weren't necessarily the support system that you needed. And then the ones that were kind of bubble up to the top and shine through. Right, right. It's distinguishing out friendships by proximity Mm -hmm. and true friendships, because sometimes we're only friends with people because we're in close proximity with them. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're wonderful people and can be really enjoyable to be around. But you find if there is any distance put between you, the ties don't stay strong. Oh, yeah. And it's not just distance. It's interest, too. Um, Mm -hmm. What I found as I've started on this journey is that there are just some people who do not want to see you succeed in your own self. There are those people who just want you to succeed under them. Um, And when you kind of take that bold action, um, you really see who they truly are, which is neither good nor bad. Um, It's just, does it serve you or does it not serve you? Um, And it's making that choice and knowing that you have that power to choose. Um, that'll help you kind of get to where you need to be. And you'll see along the way, the people that actually truly want you to see succeed will be the ones that are at the finish line with you. Yep. To thine own self be true Mm -hmm. and then see how it all shakes out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. All right, Nicole, what I want everyone to get always, you know, listening to this podcast is there is no one way to lead. We're all different. We have different strengths and perspectives and experiences. So we're all going to have a little bit of a different leadership style. And that's okay. We're really not all meant to have the same leadership style. So Nicole, how would you describe your leadership style? I am, I lead by cheering you on and by, and by listening, because if you don't listen to someone, you might not actually realize what they truly need. Um, for some reason, um, the society that we live in has really geared us to passive listening where we're listening to someone else, but we can't wait to get our word in edgewise. Um, and it can lead you to really not understanding what they're actually saying and kind of seeing between the words that they're actually kind of putting out there. Um, And one thing that I have learned on this journey is that once you listen to someone and once you truly understand what they need as opposed to what they're telling you, it can help them in ways that like they didn't even know were possible. Um, So I lead by listening and then by cheering you on. Because if you don't have that support system, that accountability partner that can actually see what's going on outside of what you're in and not jump into the box with you, um, it really has a greater impact on how these women that you're trying to help succeed will actually succeed and then lead in their own right. And you really highlighted one of the biggest benefits of listening there, Nicole, because people have a hard time articulating what they need, right? They think they want 
one thing, but they don't know what it is that they need. And by listening, you can pick up on things like you, like you said, reading between the lines, like in coaching, we say there's what they say and there's what they didn't say. Mm -hmm. And you're listening for what they're not saying as well. And if you're listening hard, like you said, like really focusing and not worrying about what you're going to say next, like you could care less if you get to follow up at all, you know, and just really being with the other person. And like you said, being in their box, experiencing what they're experiencing with them, you will hear the things that they're not saying. You'll pick up on it and you'll ask them about it. So huge as a leader to have that skill. And you know what? It's so funny because once I changed this, not just in business, but in my life in general of just really listening to what people wanted and then, you know, acknowledging and, you know, validating that they have every right to feel that way. It was it was almost eye-opening to like my friends and my family because it's not just something I do in business, but since I do it in life, um, it, it really is something that can take a relationship from maybe, you know, um, very, very um, borderline kind of fluff to that deep relationship that they've always wanted just because they haven't had someone actually listen to them and really, you know, say, well, yeah, it's okay. It, it you know, just because you, you don't think that either you have value or you don't think that you're worth it. I'm here to tell you that you are. And let's figure out how we can get that back up to where you're okay with it. Yeah. I love that. Okay. (laughs) Oh, Nicole, we could go on forever about this. I love talking about this (laughs) stuff. So, but share with us the biggest, um, leadership or business challenge that you're faced with right now. So for me right now with leadership, it's really kind of figuring out how to get my voice out there where people, and not necessarily take it seriously, but where people actually see me as a leader because I'm, I'm not new, but I'm new. Um, Mm -hmm. and I know my value and I will say that with every challenge I've had, um, in the last six months of growing this business, um, I have just held it with my head high and whether it's, uh, an opportunity that actually I succeed with or an opportunity that I fail with, I never go into that negative self-doubt anymore. Um, because all of the failures that I've had actually lead me on to the next success in my business. Um, there are things that I can learn from and grow from. And even if it doesn't work out in the way that I, you know, want it to, I always kind of look back and say, you know what, I needed to have that failure at that time. Um, and it's one of those things where, as I'm opening up myself to being more confident in, in, in myself and also in, in others and seeing that confidence kind of grow, it helps me realize that as a leader, I need to be more confident to show others that I'm just as confident as I put down on paper. Um, so it's really breaking those fears down um, a little bit out of a time and showing myself and being more vulnerable um, to the audience out there that really has been the biggest challenge because I'm not one to put my feelings out there, but I'm learning that as I'm opening up myself more to um, the world and to who I want to help, it actually resonates better with them than just giving them tips and kind of tricks on how to market their business. So that's probably been my biggest challenge over the course of the last month is just opening myself up and being more vulnerable as the leader instead of kind of being this picture perfect person that people look at as like an unattainable goal. 
Right, right. And on the flip side, what's one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about? Oh, um, well, there are some things I can't talk about, but are like super exciting because they're not necessarily solidified. But the one thing right now that I am working on is a new e-course on taking charge um, to be able to harness your time better to market your business with online content. Um, And it stemmed from the... um, the verbiage that I was hearing from different clients that they felt like they didn't have enough time in the day to actually market their own business. Um, and specifically with online content, they felt like they needed to outsource it because, um, they, they just didn't have enough time on their plate. Um, and what I realized is a lot of small business owners want to be able to market their business. They want to be in control of that, but they have so much going on that they don't realize that they don't have to do it all and that there's an easy way to figure out how to create online content that actually is authentic to their voice. Um, so I'm really excited to launch that this month. Yeah, I'm excited for you. Mm -hmm. That's really intriguing. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Nicole, now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? So one practice that I have that makes me a better leader, um, I already went over the affirmations and the daily mantras. But one thing that I make sure I do is each day there are three things that I have to do in order to be happy. And it's I make sure that I tell my husband that I love him. I take my dog on a walk. And I also make sure to turn my computer off at five o'clock because I know that that is the end of the day. And I need to make it known with that kind of uh, action of just closing the computer down. Because if I don't, I'm going to go back to it. And really, that allows me to be a leader because I'm telling people, hey, I am not working anymore. And you don't have to work either. It's time to go enjoy yourself and do things that actually make you happy um, that are not necessarily in the business. Because we can forget, especially um, when you work from home, that there is a time to kind of shut down and turn off. Um, And practicing that really has let me shine as a leader because I'm able to kind of set up those boundaries um, and also just reaffirm the people that I love that I see daily in my life, you know, just how much they I value them just as much as they value me. And what is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Okay. So there have been a couple books that I've read over the last couple of months, but the one that sticks out in my mind is For the Love by Jen Hatmaker. Um, She has such a wonderful tone. It's very conversational in her writing and the stories that she tells about how she is kind of leading in her own right. Oh my God. It I there are times when I just laugh so hard that I didn't couldn't even believe that I was laughing from a book. Um, and she really digs deep into letting you know that, you know, it's okay, you're worth it. And it's just such a wonderful read, um, especially because um, she comes from a very Christian background and um, religion is an important factor in my life. It's not everything, but she really makes you see that just because you um, are someone who's very religious, it doesn't mean that you have to necessarily kind of put that down in a way because people don't like to talk about it. Um, So that's why she wrote this book for the love is to show people that it's okay that you can love yourself and you can love your religion in whatever way, shape or form that you're in um, and be confident in the fact that you're doing and on the exact path that you're supposed to be on. What advice would you give your younger self? (laughs) 
Oh man, there are so many different things. Um, being a twin, um, it, it was probably the best thing that ever, you know, I could have ever imagined because I, I lived with my best friend. Um, but there's so much competitiveness in that, especially when you're girl, girl twins. Um, I probably would tell myself that it's okay to be your own person. Um, and that you don't have to necessarily, um, compete with the twin in everything that you do, because that's literally probably for the first 25 years in life. I felt like we were always competing with each other all the time. <laughs> I'm sure that shaped quite a bit of your early years and who you are today too. Oh, it did. And in all honesty, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world. But if I was able to tell myself, you know, chill out with being competitive, you're your own person, you are good enough, you are worth it. Um, it probably would have made a little bit of a difference uh, growing up. Nice. Now, Nicole, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. So this quote actually is by Thomas J. Peters, um, and it's celebrate what you want to see more of. Um, and I love it because it is uplifting. It gets right to the point of what you want to shape your life to be, and it lets you kind of break down the barriers of whatever is limiting you because you're celebrating what you want to see more of and not necessarily what you think others want you to see or what others want you to do. Um, because we can get so tied up in thinking about our competitors, thinking about um, the people that we love in our lives and how we want to be seen in their eyes as opposed to just being okay with who we are and just letting it be. Because we can't change other people. We can only change ourselves. So as long as we're happy with ourselves and doing more and celebrating more of what we want, our lives will be exponentially happier. And lastly, Nicole, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? Oh, there's many ways to connect because there's so much going on in the world. Um, but you can visit my website, www.honestlyable.com. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, um, where my handle is Nicole underscore Hoagland. Or you can follow me on Twitter, which my handle is honestly underscore Nicole. Um, and those are the best ways to get in touch with me. Um, but if you do want to email me, you can email me at hi at honestlyable.com. And for those of you listening, you know you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. Nicole, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Oh, thank you so much for having me on your show, Jody. I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Are you ready to take the lead in your own life? Head over to womentl.com forward slash recognized to reserve your spot in my upcoming webinar on how to be recognized and rewarded for the work that you do. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine, as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others.
Again, thank you for joining with me and here's to your success.